You're listening to a message from Highway Church entitled, The Dynamic Duo, Part 2. Enjoy. God is good. Well, we started a new series last week entitled, The Dynamic Duo. No, no, actually, Batman and Robin, they are pretty dynamic. Nothing against them. But uh, there's an even more dynamic duo than we're talking about. And we're talking about you and the Holy Spirit. You are a dynamic duo, a dynamic team. We're sons and daughters of God, and we have a dynamic relationship with the Holy Spirit. It's not stagnant. It's not boring. Religion is boring, but relationship with God is not, right? So if you're bored, you need to get into a relationship with Him and discover how thrilling it is to walk with the one who made you. There's nothing like it. So we're in this dynamic relationship, and we said last week that our relationship is characterized by constant change, activity, and progress. The Holy Spirit is in us. Now, we know He doesn't need to change. He's perfect in all His ways, but He's changing us. Isn't that great? Each day he's actively working in us, transforming and changing us, fixing things that need to be fixed inside, rearranging things, putting things back together so that tomorrow more love is going to be showing up in your life than today. That the life of Christ that is in us will each day become more and more visible to those around us. That's what the Holy Spirit's doing in us. It's dynamic. It's constant. And in Philippians 2.13, we looked at last week, says, not in your own strength, for it is God who is all the while effectually at work in you, energizing and creating in you the power and desire for, to, to, uh, to do his will and his good pleasure. So it's an awesome thing to be in a relationship with the one who made us. And, and he's, he's seeing to it as we put our faith in him that we make steady progress. Mm-hmm. Isn't that great? Yes. That we progress, that we go forward. And I, I like uh, Romans 8.28. It says that in all things, God is working for the good of those who live him, love him. And I've seen in my life, and I'm sure you have in yours, if you've been in a relationship with him, there are times when it doesn't seem like anything might be going right. Or you're in the midst of difficult circumstances, but you stay with him, you keep trusting him. And as the smoke begins to clear and things begin to settle, you see God was at work. And after it's all said and done, you're better off after than you were before. That's the Holy Spirit operating in our lives. That's this relationship that we have with Him. Our relationship is characterized by a positive attitude. Yeah, right? Philippians 4.4, we rejoice in the Lord at all times, always. We delight, we gladden ourselves in Him. The old one too, James 1, 2 says, uh, consider it, count it pure joy whenever you face trials of many kinds because you know that the testing of your faith develops perseverance. So we're happy people. We smile a lot. We do. Some might wonder, why do you smile so much? What have you been drinking? 
right? What, what have you been taking? Well, we've been drinking of God's Spirit. We're like the, the disciples in Acts, man. We're so happy that people think we're drunk. It's okay. It's the best kind of drunk you can be. We're filled with the Holy Spirit, and we're glad. And we count it all joy. We know that God is working on our behalf. We know that he's for us. We know that no weapon formed against us will prosper. We know that we're growing stronger in him by the moment. And we're full of energy. Right? Joshua 1.8. We're strong, vigorous, brave. We're fearless people because God is in us and he's moving us forward in his plan. Joshua 1.9. I think I said 1.8. Joshua 1.9 in the Amplified. And we've got new ideas. This relationship that we have with the Holy Spirit produces new ideas in us. As 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 16 says, we have the mind of Christ. So you may need a solution or an answer in your life. And if you'll just trust in him, the Lord will reveal to you whatever solution or answer it is that you need to succeed in every single area of your life. Because he wants you to win. He wants you to, be the, he wants you to keep you the head and not the tail. He wants you to be above only and not beneath. But thanks be to God who always causes us to triumph in Christ Jesus. So this word dynamic, you and the Holy Spirit, this dynamic relationship, we found last week that it can be traced back to the Greek word dunamis, which, is where, which means power, and it's where we get our word dynamite from. And when you ask someone what the, we did this last week, we said, what do you think of when you think of the word power? And people will say a lot of things. They might like, they might say jet engines or, or spaceships or, or the sun or nuclear reactors or, or lasers. But very rarely we're here, you hear someone say words. And that's important to us in this relationship with the Holy Spirit because the Bible teaches us that the universe, anything you can think of that you think of as powerful, anything in this material realm, was created by faith-filled words that God spoke and it was so. Now, man might not understand this. Man might make fun of this and laugh at this, but God understands it. God understands the power of words. Can we look at Hebrews 4.12, Eden? You want to put that up there? It says the word of God is quick and powerful, sharper than any lightsaber, right? Piercing even to the dividing asunder of soul and spirit, joints and marrow, and is a discerner of the thoughts and intents of the heart. God's word is quick and powerful, more powerful than any nuclear reactor, more powerful than any weapon that man has created. The word of God is more powerful. We have a God who speaks and it is so. Romans 4.17 says, God who gives life to the dead and calls into being that which does not exist. That is power. If something does not exist, and you want it to exist, so you speak, and it now exists. That's perfect power, right? right? That blows Superman away, and, and, and Hawkeye, and the Hulk, and all the Avengers, right? They, that's his perfect power. So the Holy Spirit understands this, right? The Holy Spirit knows what real power is. 
And he wants you to experience his life and power each day. So you know in our dynamic relationship, he's going to teach us to speak faith-filled words. That's when our relationship really begins to take off. When you begin to say with your mouth what God says about you. And you begin to believe in, in your heart his promises. In Mark chapter six, 16, verse 17, Jesus prophesied. He's, he's, about to, he's already risen from the dead. He's appeared to his disciples for 40 days. He's getting ready to go back to the Father. And he says, those who believe in me will cast out demons and they'll speak in new tongues, new words. In Acts chapter 1, verse 8, he said, you'll be clothed with power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. That word is dunamis. Power means ability and strength. So there we looked at that, uh, was it two weeks ago, in Acts chapter 1 and 2. In Acts chapter 2, on the day of Pentecost, when the, they received the baptism of the Holy Spirit, the first sign to show up were faith-filled, spirit-filled words. They spoke in new tongues. Powerful. Why was that the first sign? Because God understands that nothing is more powerful than words in our lives. So last week, we began reading through a number of scriptures that show us what the Bible has to say about the power of words. And we're going to continue reading through some more scriptures this week. And the reason we're going through so many scriptures is because this has been greatly um, neglected in the body of Christ. And, you know, people will hear messages like this, and some believers will discount it and say this is some kind of a New Age philosophy or this is some kind of occult teaching. But it's actually just the simple Bible. It's the ABCs of the scriptures, your mouth and your heart. And boy, does God have a lot to say about it. We don't have time to go through all the scriptures. I mean, we went through a bunch of them last week. But as we go through some more this week, you're going to say, wow, those sound kind of similar to the ones we read last week. They do because God says it over and over and over again. So I hope you made note of those scriptures. And I hope you're meditating on them during the week. Take advantage of this opportunity. We're not here to hear a man preach. We're here to, to receive from God's very spirit. And we believe that he is, is giving and we're receiving each time we meet. So receive from him. Make note of these. Meditate on them during the week. And let the Holy Spirit quicken you and strengthen you in the reality of his word. Faith-filled words. New time. It's how the church began, and it's how the church will remain victorious by speaking God's word with our mouth and believing it with our heart. All right. Proverbs 21. Let's go back to Proverbs 21, 23. says, whoever guards his mouth and tongue keeps his soul from troubles. So right now we see a connection between your words and the well-being of your soul. And we know at Highway Church, the scriptures teach us there are three parts to who you are, spirit, soul, and body, right? That we are spirits. 
God is a spirit. He made us in his image. We're spirits. And we have a soul, which is our mind, our will, and our emotions. And we're living in a body. So your soul is your mind, your will, and your emotions. Your mind, your will, and emotions are not who you are. Those are tools that God has given us to process things, okay? And Proverbs 21, 23 tells us that there is a major connection between the words that we speak and the well-being of our mind, our will, and our emotions. Wow, how powerful is that? Proverbs 15, 4 says a wholesome tongue is a tree of life. Wholesome words are a tree of life, but perverseness in it breaks the spirit. So we saw saw scriptures like this last week. Death and life are in the power of the tongue. A wholesome tongue is a tree of life. Now, I've seen a lot of commercials for pharmaceutical companies advertising their new products, but I haven't seen any commercials for Proverbs 15.4. A wholesome tongue is a tree of life. Someone should be advertising that. But, but, you know, you don't have to pay anything for that, right? You don't need a prescription for that. It's available to anyone who believes. So these two scriptures right here show us that we can, we can change the well-being, our well-being, with our words. Amen. Just reading the Bible. Amen. Matthew 15, 18. Look what Jesus said. But those things which proceed out of the mouth come from the heart, and they defile a man. Do you know that you can't have faith in God and complain at the same time? Can't do it. It's absolutely impossible. Why is that? Well, out of the overflow of the heart, the mouth speaks. Faith is of the heart. And when faith is in your heart, it's going to come out your mouth. And over the years, talking with many different believers, I've, I've talked to believers in different situations, and they'll talk about being in faith, but what's coming out of their mouth is not faith. Right, right. See? So re- remember, our, our relationship, it's, it's a joyful one, right? We've, we're positive people. And the reason we're positive is because we're daily, moment by moment, actively putting our faith in the promises of God. And that produces a smile. That produces confidence, and it changes what comes out of our mouths. Jesus said in Luke 6.45, out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. So what's in your heart? Now, you know nature abhors a vacuum, right? Well, so does our heart. It abhors a vacuum. Your heart will try and fill it up with something. What's in your heart? Video games? Movies? TV shows? Well, you don't want to operate from a deficit in your heart of God's promises. Jesus said out of the abundance of the heart. So we want to have an abundance of the promises of God in our heart. That's one of the reasons when I first got saved, I began memorizing Scripture. I wanted it just overflowing. I don't want to just stuff my heart full of the promises of God so that they would just roll off my tongue. So if you're trying to get through life and there's a deficit of God's promises in your heart, you're not going to fulfill your destiny. You want to fill your heart to overflowing with the good news, with the promises that God has made to you in his word so that you can let that flow right out of your mouth. It's not hard to speak the word of God when it's in your heart. 
It's difficult to do it when you don't know it, right? Well, you, just, you, you try. It, it becomes a natural thing, right? When a, when a bottle is full and you take off the cap, boy, it just flows, right? When, it, when it's a little bit, you've got to shake it to get it out. We want an overflowing, abundant heart. We're full of the promises of God. Proverbs 29, 20. Do you see a man hasty in his words? There is more hope for a fool than for him. Ouch, right? So we're not blah, 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 blah kind of people, right? We choose our words purposefully. We, we, before we speak, we consider what it is that needs to be said. And, and, and we're not hasty in our words. Proverbs 25, 11 says, A word fitly spoken is like apples of gold in settings of silver. How much would that be worth if I had a dozen of solid gold apples up here in settings of silver? How much would that be worth? It's very valuable, the words we speak, right? Proverbs 6, verse 2. You ready for this one? You are snared by people who manipulate you. No. You are snared by this cruel, cruel world. No. You are snared by Satan, your adversary. No. You are snared by the words of your mouth. Ouch. See? You're taken by the words of your mouth. So our mouth either produces freedom or bondage. Wow. That's powerful, isn't it? Sounds like Jesus in Matthew 12, 37. He said, for by your words you'll be justified. And by your words you'll be condemned. So whether I'm justified or not, who's that up to? Me, right? God's provided. Now, if he didn't provide Jesus, it wouldn't matter. But he's provided Christ for our justification. So what do I need to do? Receive it and begin to speak it with my mouth, right? That I'm justified by faith in Christ. That I've been made the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. That I'm a new creation. In Christ, old things have passed away and all things have become new. As I speak that, I begin to experience it. See, he said in John chapter 8, Jesus said, uh, if you continue in my word, verses 31 and 32, then you are my disciples indeed. And you shall know the truth and the truth shall make you free. Here again, freedom and the word are connected, right? So no one can put you in bondage. No one can keep you down if you'll just speak freedom, if you'll speak what God says about you, if you'll speak who you are in Christ. Matthew chapter 4, verse 4. We're just going through this. We've got a bunch of them. I, I just want to impress this on our hearts, how important this is. This is the fundament. So many people are frustrated in life and in their relationship with the Lord. And, and the key really is the words that they're speaking or not speaking. All right? Jesus said, it's written. It's a done deal. Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceedeth out of the mouth of God. Amen. So you can be living but not alive. You don't come alive until you put your faith in the living Word of God. It's our food. Yeah. Have you ever gone a long period of time without eating? Yeah. 
We can go about six weeks, about 42 days, they say, without eating before we, right? But when we don't eat for a while, what happens? Our stomach starts to growl, right? We start getting cravings for things. We start looking for food. Well, what happens when you don't eat the Word of God? What are the symptoms that your spirit is hungry? Well, one of them is being irritable, getting easily upset. That's a symptom that your spirit's hungry, that you haven't eaten the Word of God. You get easily discouraged. Uh, you get easily offended. Fear. You, you give way to fear. Those are all, all symptoms that we need to eat. They're not symptoms that we need to condemn ourselves, okay? There's no condemnation for us in Christ Jesus. But I recognize, what is my tolerance to fear? Do I give in to it? Do, do, do I let what others say frustrate me? Then I know I need, to get, I need to eat, okay? I need to eat. I need to nourish my spirit with the living Word of God. It's what we live by. We can't, you can't go 42 days without it. You can exist, but you can't live 42 days. I want to live every day I'm on earth. I don't want to exist. I want to live. And Jesus came that you might live life and live it abundantly. John chapter 1. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. God calls himself the Word. Wow. Yeah, God calls himself the Word. You can't get any more powerful than that. He's the Word. Psalm 138, verse 2. I think this is a Psalm of David. He said, I'll worship toward your holy temple. I'll praise your name for your loving kindness and your truth. Why is he so passionate? Why does he want to worship God? Well, he tells us, for you have magnified your Word. Above all your name. Can't get any higher than that. Why is that a motivation for him to praise and worship God? Because now I know I have a foundation to build my life on that nothing can shake. It's the very word of God. And if I build my life on his word, I know that I will fulfill my destiny, that I will accomplish what he has for me to accomplish. And so that gives me cause to celebrate and to worship him. Amen. John chapter 1, verse 14. And the word, there it is again, was made flesh. Who's that? Jesus, right? And dwelt among us, and we beheld his glory. The glory as of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. So the Bible connects the Word with grace and truth. So you can know if it's the Word of God if there's grace and truth with it. In John chapter 1, we didn't read it, but you see it says that, that the law came through Moses, but grace and truth came through Jesus Christ. So if you're ever listening to a message and, and condemnation is being preached, you know that's not the word. That's the law, right? The law doesn't set anybody free. 
Okay? So as believers, we should be preaching grace and truth. And notice that truth is paired with grace, not with the law. All right? Because the truth is God's amazing grace will make you whole. That's the truth, see? God is good. All right, so there's a bunch of scriptures we just went through. And we went through them kind of quickly, but I really wanted to verbalize all of them so that we could hear them together. Because from hearing the word, our faith grows, okay? All right, let's get into Romans chapter 10. So we have this dynamic relationship with the Holy Spirit. You and the Holy Spirit are better than Batman and Robin. And he's working in us, and he's teaching us how to talk. He's teaching us to speak faith-filled words. And even the salvation that God has provided for us through Christ is experienced through words. Let's look at this in Romans chapter 10. How powerful this is. Romans chapter 10, verse 1. Brethren, my heart's desire and my prayer to God for them is, that, is for their salvation. Now, he's referring to the, the Jews have not, who have not received Christ. For I bear them witness that they have a zeal for God, but not in accordance with knowledge. Many people very zealous for God, but very ignorant of what we're sharing today. We don't, we're not like that here at Highway Church. We're zealous and we're knowledgeable of the scriptures, right? We're knowledgeable of how God operates. We know his promises. Hallelujah. Verse 3, for not knowing about God's righteousness and seeking to establish their own, they did not subject themselves to the righteousness of God. It's humbling to receive the righteousness of God. It's arrogant to think that I, through my own efforts, can meet the standards of God's law. Can't do it. For Christ is the end of the law for righteousness to everyone who believes. For Moses writes that the man who practices the righteousness was based on law shall live by that righteousness. Good luck. You can try, but you're not going to do it. You can't overcome sin in your own willpower. If you could, there'd be no reason for Christ to come. It's through faith in Christ that we have victory over sin, right? It's his strength in us that gives us the victory, not our own strength. Verse 5, for Moses writes, oh, we just read that, right? Let's go to verse 6. But the righteousness based on faith is silent. No, the righteousness based on faith speaks. Faith speaks. Let's say that together. Faith speaks. Okay? Well, does, does faith say this? It says, don't say in your heart who will ascend into heaven. That's to bring Christ down. And don't say who will descend into the abyss. That is to bring Christ up from the dead. You can't do this. You can't go up to heaven and get salvation. You can't go down into hell and make things right. God did this through his son Jesus. So what does faith say? Verse 8, it says the word is near you. It's in your mouth. It's in your heart. That is the word of faith which we are preaching. That if you confess with your mouth, 
Jesus is Lord, and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you shall be saved. The Greek word there is S-O-Z-O, sozo. Remember that word, verse 10. For with the heart man believes, resulting in righteousness, and with the mouth he confesses, resulting in salvation. That's soteria. They're connected, sozo and soteria. Two Greek words that we see throughout the New Testament. What do they mean? Well, some translations translate them as saved and salvation. Let me read to you the definition of sozo. It means to heal, to preserve, to make safe and sound, to make whole, to rescue from danger and destruction. For with the heart man believes, resulting in righteousness, and with the mouth he confesses, resulting in healing, safety, wholeness, salvation, rescue from danger or destruction. Now, what is important about this? Well, a lot. There's a very simple two-part plan God has to salvation. And man's religion has, oh, so complicated it. But it's just your mouth and your heart. It says, with our heart, we believe resulting in righteousness, but not resulting in salvation. Let me explain. You got two parts in verse number 10. Your heart believes in Christ. And God credits his righteousness to you. He takes your sins, puts them on his son, and he gives you his righteousness, and you're forgiven. But you do not experience the life and power and salvation of God until you begin to say with your mouth what he's done for you. All right? It's the mouth speaking that results in salvation. And there are many Christians who have put their faith in Christ and they've received God's righteousness, but they're not experiencing the sozo life, the wholeness, the deliverance, the liberty that Christ has provided for them because they're not speaking it with their mouths. We need to do both of those things. We need to believe in our heart which results in righteousness, and we need to speak with our mouth, which results in salvation. Mark, let's, let's look at a couple examples of this, and then we'll close. Mark chapter 5, this word sozo and soteria. Mark chapter 5. Because there's been a religious definition of being saved, that's, that's been cultivated over the years. And it's been taught that if you're saved, it means you're going to heaven. The Bible doesn't really teach that. If you're saved, of course you'll be in heaven. That's our home. But being saved biblically means much more than just going to heaven. It, it, there is a now reality to it. And it has to do with your whole person, spirit, soul, and body. Mark chapter 5, this is how Jesus used the word. He says to the woman with the issue of blood, he says, daughter, your faith hath made thee whole. Sozo. You may have a translation that says your faith hath saved you. Was he talking about her going to heaven? If you read the whole chapter, she had an issue of blood. She was hemorrhaging. She was uh, suffering for 12 years. She touched his, his robe and was made whole. He was talking about her well-being, her wholeness. He said, your faith hath made you whole, the King James says. Go in peace and be whole of your plague. That's what it's saved is, according to Jesus. 
All right? It's the whole person. Mark 10, 52. This is blind Bartimaeus. Bartimaeus. Jesus says unto him, Go your way. Thy faith hath sozo. Hath made you whole. What happened to Bartimaeus? Did he go right to heaven? No, he was blind and he received his sight. You see, being saved has to do with your physical body being well, with your soul, your mind, your will, and your emotions being well, with your spirit being made new. God didn't just save your spirit and forget about the rest of you. He's provided complete wholeness for you. But you will not experience it until you begin to say it with your mouth. Acts chapter 2, verse 21. Peter's the first message of the New Testament church. And he says, It shall come to pass that whosoever shall call on the name of the Lord shall be sozo, shall be healed, saved, delivered, rescued from danger. If I'm ever in a situation in my life since I've been saved and I learned this, if I'm in a situation that feels dangerous, wherever I'm at in the world, uh, and I, I sense danger, I begin to speak the name of Jesus. Whoever calls on the name of the Lord will be rescued from danger. Rescued from destruction. There are times I've been in, in driving. Mariah, don't you ever do this. But uh, <laughs> I, I, I can, well, I don't know. I guess it's a, I'm just not, I haven't been a very good driver. Compared, my wife is an excellent driver. But I just kind of get in and go. I do have an excellent driving record as far as the insurance companies are concerned. But boy, if you're in the car with me, you'd be praying, I think, for sure. <laughs> but um, I'm, I'm getting better. Come on. Who's that? All right. Good. I am getting better. Okay. But anyway, there have been times when I'm in a vehicle, and there are some close calls, and I'd speak the name of Jesus. Amen. Jesus. Amen. And phew, something would shift. And we'd everybody just keep on going. There have been times that I've been in different places, uh, different situations, and maybe it was late at night or something going on, and I felt something wasn't quite right, and I'd say the name of Jesus. Yes, yes, yes. See? See, God has brought us into a, a real everyday salvation. Yes. That's why this relationship is so dynamic. It has to do with your everyday life. Right, Malachi, when you're at school or wherever you're at, God's with you. He's with you. And you can call on his name in any situation at any time, and he shows up. Right? His salvation is there. Acts chapter 4, verse 9. Here, Peter's on trial now. Can you imagine? He's being persecuted for healing a man. It happens today in the body of Christ. You preach healing and you preach these things, and, and Christians will get mad at you. How silly, huh? Well, Peter, Peter we, it's been going on since the start of the church. Peter, he, he ministers healing to this man who is impotent. And he's on trial, and he says, If this day we be examined of the good deed done to this impotent man, by what means he is sozo, made whole. If you confess with your mouth, Jesus says, Lord, believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be sozo. Okay? How dynamic is that? Yeah, by what means he is made whole, by what means he is saved. We are made whole by believing with our heart and speaking with our mouths. I was hoping we were going to get into the point I wanted to get into last week. 
And that is this, that the connect, to, to help us, we're going to do this next Sunday, to help us see the connection between the words that we speak or don't speak and how much the Holy Spirit is able to operate in our lives. We're going to look at Jesus and see that next week. But we've got to stop here. So our relationship with God becomes dynamic, becomes powerful when we begin to speak his words with our mouth and believe them in our heart. All right, let's pray. Father, we thank you for your word this morning. Thank you, Lord. Your word is quick. Your word is powerful. You came that we would be made whole, spirit, soul, and body. And we thank you, Lord. We say with our mouths that you did it, Jesus. You accomplished sozo for us. You accomplished soteria. Though with the stripes that wounded Jesus, we have been healed. That you bore our sicknesses. You bore our infirmities. We thank you, Holy Spirit, that you are living in us. You've taken up residence in us. And you are giving life, as it says in Romans 8, 11, you're giving life to our mortal bodies daily. You are our source of life and strength. And we thank you for strengthening us today. And I pray right now for anyone here, if you're here this morning and you're, you're dealing with any kind of physical issue, just, just privately as you're sitting in your seat, our heads bowed, our eyes closed, I'd just like you to put your hand on wherever that issue is. Hallelujah. I want to pray for you. Father, you know uh, what we're all dealing with, it, w- w- the needs of our lives. And I speak life and healing to everybody in this place. And I rejoice that you took our infirmities, you took our sicknesses, our diseases, and you put them on your son Jesus, the chastisement needful for us to obtain wholeness and well-being, shalom, was upon him and with the stripes that wounded Jesus, we have been healed. I speak life and health to everybody in this place this morning. Thank you for ministering your healing right now. Just receive it right now. Whatever it is that you need, nothing's too small and nothing's too great. Jesus covered it all. Hallelujah. And now let's, let's practice the word. Let's put our faith in motion. Would you repeat after me? Jesus himself bore my infirmities, took my diseases, and with the stripes that wounded Jesus, I have been healed. It was my pains he carried, my sicknesses, my diseases, and by his wounds, I have been healed. I refuse to be sick because of Jesus, because of what he did for me. I am the healed of God. I am healed and healthy. I am strong and healthy. My body glows with health. My very bones vibrate with life. Hallelujah. That's Proverbs 3, 7, and 8, I think, in the message translation. Amen. Rivers of living water, come on, are flowing from my spirit through every cell, every tissue, every organ, and every system of my body. Jesus is Lord of my heart, Lord of my circulatory system, Lord of my respiratory system, Lord of my nervous system, Lord of my immune system, 
Lord of my muscular system. Lord of my skeletal system. Lord of my emotions. Lord of my mind. Lord of my will. I am whole, spirit, soul, and body. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. At Highway Church, we want to help you grow in your relationship with Jesus Christ and experience the abundant life He came to give you. We invite you to take God at His word, embrace who He is, what He's done for you, and who you are in Him. Put your trust in Him today and taste and see how good He is.